On today's show, Slovenia and Luka Doncic get a win in Eurobasket. We'll talk about how Luka looked and the rest of the team going forward. And Donovan Mitchell traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What kind of effects does that have on the Dallas Mavericks? Another trade coming? Talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and Slovenia for now. I'm Nick Angsen. Yeah. Uh, I'm Nick Angsen, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Just drop a me Slovensi in the in the in the chat. Just drop it. Just drop it in the chat in the comments. Me Slovensi. Me Slovensi. And then also let us know. If you had to pick one Utah Jazz player to get traded to the Dallas Mavericks, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Mike Conley, seems like they're all going to be available now after this Mitchell trade. Let us know in the comments. We'll get to that a little bit later. But we're going to start with Eurobasket because Luka Doncic played a basketball game, and it was awesome. It was an incredible game. We're going to break that down from Eurobasket, and then we'll talk about the ripple effects from the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, a great game from, from Slovenia, I thought, or just a, an entertaining game overall. I thought from Slovenia and uh, and Luca. Joining me as always, my co-host contributor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, "Are you going to continue no, going?" No, you're or? not here. Some people, on the, I wonder if some people on the audio don't even know you're here. <laughs> I changed the way I did the intro and it totally threw off the rest of my intro. Joining me as always, my co-host writer contributor at Maps.com, the Slovenian suitor, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Audio people, I'm here. I am here <laughs> on the pod today. Um, one, we got Luka Doncic basketball back. <sighs> Let's go. That's super exciting. Watching a morning game, I was sitting there saying... I enjoyed it. You know what? It would be kind of cool if we got more morning Mavs games. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, but careful anyway. what you wish for. Careful what you wish for on those. <laughs> It was so good seeing Luca play basketball again. So good seeing the Slovenian team play meaningful basketball again. It took me back to the Olympic run mm. that we uh, did all the pods and stuff uh, for through there. So, uh, yes, locked on Slovenia today. It is locked on Slovenia today. We'll talk about um, the win against Lithuania. It was a it was a close one down the stretch. It was a tight game, and you could feel it. You could feel. Uh, the difference in the two teams, though, you could feel how front court heavy the um, <laughs> Lithuania was with Jonas Valanciunas and with Demonis Sabonis, and then you could also feel how like back court heavy the the like Slovenia was with Luca, obviously, but Dragic, Prepovic, like you could just you, uh, Muric, like you could start feel you could feel how different these two teams were really really early on. Uh, the first two possessions was. A uh, Jonas Sabonis like f- like high low kind of situation where they got a bucket in the paint, and then the next possession was Luca step back three early, and I was just like, "This is the way this game is going to go because yeah. um, because these this is how these two teams want to play." 
Yeah. So in yesterday's pod, I did like five players I wanted to watch in Eurobasket, and I did. I cheated, and one of them was the combo of Sabonis and Valanciunas together. I was like, I just want to see this big man duo together. But I love the uh, the Luca step back three there at the first of the game, and then he looks over at the Lithuanian bench and just gives them the Luca like smile, like <laughs> that's gonna be a long day for you guys. Now he struggled a little bit, but when that when that moment happened, I was like. Dang, it's good to have Luca basketball back in my life again. <laughs> it's like classic, classic Luca. It was, it was a lot of classic Luca. Uh, and the entire Mavericks brain trust and front office was there. Uh, you had, yeah. you had Mark Cuban, you had Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, even uh, Jamal Mosley was there as well to, uh, because yeah. they also did a uh, a Dirk jersey retirement there, um, for the German national team. So that was awesome. There's some some really cool things in that. But yeah, the whole the whole gang was there for the and they're they're still over in Europe during this whole Donovan Mitchell thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it was cool to see that. Um, but this this game to me was just Luka Doncic at his best passing the ball. I mean, he I think what did he get credit for? Ten assists at, at, in the end. Ten assists. There's no way. There's no shot in ten assists. Like if it was in the if it was in the NBA or even just in in the AAC, he would have gotten credit for like 12, 13, 14 assists because he was just chucking the ball all over the place. The passes between him and Toby when he's right near the rim are just incredible, and it's the way that Luka can bend a defense to his will and not have to score a lot. What did he finish with? He finished with 14 points, 10 assists, 6 boards. He shot 4 of 14 from the field, 5 of 8 from the free throw line, missed 7 threes. Like That first three he hit at the beginning of the game was the only three he hit the whole time. And so those those passes, like that's how he ended up like willing them to win this game. Yeah, he kind of took it over with the passing late because, like you said, he struggled, you know, shooting the ball some. I thought he got a little tired, you know, later on in the game. Um, but his chemistry with Toby is so much fun to watch. And it kind of reminds me of like him and Dwight. Yeah. Of, like it's not like Mike Toby is, you know, dominating the NBA or anything, but they just have this like instant chemistry between the two. And I just love watching him run the pick and roll. And it's not like Toby, you know, is flying up DeAndre Jordan style above the rim and throwing down lobs either. It's like Luca just can do these pinpoint passes. These they're like lobs, but they're not really. It's like I want to throw these like lofty passes up to where only Toby's arms can catch them and just lay them up. And uh, but he was a blast. And then they bring in big Dimitch. I don't know if I'm saying it right, hey, D- but I think uh, it's Dimitch. But but yeah, he Dimitch. That dude is a beast a a tank a, a literal tank dude comes in i'm like i just i and that's so i tweeted out i was like hey i need more uh uh dimich in my life and the real slovenia fans are like no you don't you don't want him you don't <laughs> well, and, you don't. and we've even seen him before right like in, in olympics and in some of these friendlies like we've seen him play before and you know that you know what you're gonna get but that bump he had on Jonas valanciunas where he just pushed him right off yeah. his spot and pushed him like into the first row almost and and then got that layup like that that's the kind of stuff that you just don't see a lot of other bigs or or even Mike Toby on Slovenia uh, doing a lot. It was just a great play, uh, but they needed that. Yeah, you, they needed that size against Jonas and against Sabonis. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah, I mean you don't see Valanciunas get knocked off a spot, you know, like that. But um, you know we got a classic, you know, Dragic three, the late, you know, late three by by him, the captain, the dragon. Um, Mavs fans are just like, no, how are no, we? No, we're not doing it. We're not. We're not going to do this. At, listen, listen, listen. Every listen. time Dragic plays basketball, Goran every Dragic game. had a great game. He had 19 points, three assists, two steals. He came off the bench. He hit three threes. 
Uh, they started him off the bench, which I thought was kind of interesting. They started him, and um, they started Zoran off the bench too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they started him off the yeah. bench and Prepovich and Muric, like all off the bench. And I thought that gave him a little bit of extra like scoring punch off the bench, which this Slovenia team needs. Like that that starting lineup with Luca, just so much is built around him, and so much is built around them getting a lead and then the bench coming in and not necessarily keeping the lead. They need that extra scoring punch when he's not out there and putting Goran Dragic there. I wonder if Jason Kidd watched that and was like, this is what it's going to be like when Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood come in the scoring punch that we done off the bench. Um, but notice that, you know, Goran played a lot late and yeah, because yeah. It's the closing clearly, it worked. Yeah. They're clearly a better team when Goran and Luke is out there together and he trusts that. That's the thing I wrote down a lot too of, well, I wrote down a lot, but I thought about it a lot. He just trusts Goran so much. And obviously, if there's anybody in the world he's going to trust, it's Goran yeah. Dragic, you know, in the sense they play together, mentor and all that. But he, you could just tell that he just trusts him so much with the ball. Luca is playing off the ball. It allows Luca to you know, save a little bit of energy compared to like if somebody's picking him up full court and he's having to bring the ball up the yeah. whole time. It's letting Dragic do that. Luca just coming down, doing his thing, kind of then coming up and getting the ball. Um, I just love watching those two play ball together. Let me let me finish my Dragic point from earlier. Yeah, we don't have to do this every single time Dragic does something. We're like, <laughs> oh, the Mavericks, the Mavericks made such a grave error, such a terrible mistake in not signing Dragic. Like we get it, yeah. like we get it, like we yes, they, they they it seems like they have if they if they don't have another move up their sleeve, which I don't know. We've been looking up their sleeve for a while, and we're not we're not we're not seeing anything necessarily down the pike. Um, but yeah, they, they should have had him, but we don't have to do this every single time on Twitter where we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't sign him. What a terrible decision. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. Let's go. That, but that's what kind of, yeah, that's kind of what Twitter's for though. Goran hits a three. got to shoot out the tweet real quick, but I got scared late though. You know, they went down and I'm, I'm sitting there. I texted you. I'm like, dude, this is going to be bad if they lose this yeah. because I went over their group a little bit on yesterday's pod of, you know, they have a super tough group. You know, France, France doesn't look as good as they did in the Olympics, but like France is no joke. Like they got some other, you know, professional guys, that, you know, NBA guys in their group and stuff too. So they didn't, they couldn't, I mean, they could lose this, but it's the group stage, but it would have been a, a big hole for them to come out of if they lost it. Yeah. Coming up, let's break down the end of this game. And then we, I got a bunch of other thoughts and things just from stuff that we witnessed in this first game. Luka Doncic and Slovenia in Eurobasket in the group stage, so it's still early on. If they lost this, it wasn't going to be like they're out of the tournament or anything like that. But like Isaac said, they really needed they they need to win every single game because there's not too there's not too many. So coming up, some more thoughts about Eurobasket and Luka. Uh, some incredible plays, some incredible Luka plays down the stretch. We'll break those down, and then we'll get into Donovan Mitchell coming up. But before we do, let me give you a public service announcement from our friends at NHTSA. Are you one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You could end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. Your tr The truth is your reaction time slows down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzz kill. Stop killing yourself. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and you'll get a DUI. All right, Isaac Harris, we are breaking down Slovenia and Luka Doncic in Eurobasket. This is a tournament overseas. They're in the group stage right now, so they'll play like a little round robin within their group, and then they'll they'll go into the actual tournament part of it. Um, Slovenia did end up winning this game, uh, ninety-two to eighty-five. Slovenia was uh, had they told they held the lead for a little while, and then Lithuania would just come back. But I don't think at any point 
like late in the game, the largest lead for either team was like seven. I mean, this is just a really close game throughout most of this. And there's a couple of key plays that I wanted to, to get into. First quarter, it felt like um, Sabonis and, and Jonas Valanciunas on Lithuania, they weren't the ones causing the most havoc. It was it was Lithuania's small guards. They keep they kept finding little seams and cutting back door and like getting wide open layups and things. Uh, and I felt like that's really what was uh, was keeping them in the game. It was tied after the first quarter, and then Slovenia and their and their wing Kuzmingas. I think oh, it's Kuzmingas. Kuza, yeah, Kuz, Kuz, uh, Kuzko, Kuzminskas. Who, when you look uh, at him, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, when's that dude coming into the NBA? That dude. No, must, he's he's older. I know, dude, but right? I, that, when I was looking at him, I was like, that dude must be like a 20 year old that's like gonna come in the NBA soon. No, he was in the NBA four years ago. He's 33 years old right now. Yeah, uh, homie, I saw. His, I'm like, dude, homie, I've seen this dude forever. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he played in the. I think he played for the Knicks for two years, right? Like he was, he came over, and uh, he was in the NBA at least for two years. And uh, but he looked he was great in this game for for Lithuania. I was almost more impressed with him than I was with Sabonis and Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. Um, oh, the play in the second quarter where uh, Jonas Valanciunas just got shook by Luca right out, right out from like his legs just came out right from out from under him, and the only thing that saved him from just being like a house of highlights highlight play was Jonas smacked him across smacked Luca across the face. And they had to go review it and all that stuff. But Luca was anytime he got a switch on Jonas or Sabonis, he was just taking advantage of him, like he does in the NBA. Yeah, it would have been funny if Luca just played through that just for the highlight sake. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you would have sold that a hundred times out of a hundred times. But <laughs> he did, and he did get hit in the face. Uh, towards the end of the second quarter, you had um, Slovenia was like nursing like a little bit of a lead, and then at 50 seconds left in the first half. Luke had a turnover, top of the key. He just like you know was dribbling around and it got the ball taken out of him. Chanchar on the other end hits this huge block in transition where they're both going yeah, up at the nice. same time and he blocks it, keeps it in bounds, which is important when with blocks. And then um Chanchar gets a layup over Jonas Valanciunas and gets an and one, hits the bucket, like a five-point swing there that was huge for them. Slovenia takes the lead into halftime, and then you go into the second half, uh, third quarter. Four minutes, 51 seconds, Luca post up, which they started running the post ups a little bit more in the third quarter. I was waiting for them to do that, especially if they could stretch out, you know, Jonas and Sabonis. But Luca can even post up Sabonis. He's not that much bigger than him. Um, but they posted him up, spun Luca, two hand dunk. And that's when you felt like the momentum was starting to swing back into um, Slovenia's, Slovenia's favor. Um, and Luca started to get engaged. Like he just started to see Luca. He plays at a different. It's almost like he sits up in his chair. For I feel like for most games, Luca plays back here. He's leaning back. He's chill. He's the meme. He's leaning back, and then all of a sudden, he just like something happens where somebody makes him mad. He gets a dunk. Something happens. He sits up in his chair, and then he gets into it. Um, then Slovenia went on a thirteen to four run in the you know in the in the set in the third quarter right before Luca had checked out. And uh, that was really what gave him the juice to get through this. And then you get into the fourth quarter and, uh, and then uh, Lithuania took, took a run there. They were playing out of the post. They were scoring out of the post and Slovenia doesn't really have, like they're not, they don't have the defensive like stalwarts that you would want in some of these tournaments. Like they don't have Toby's fine as a rim protector, but he's not, he's not Gobert out there. They don't have any wings that are like super athletic or strong that you're like, Oh, oh, these guys are going to stop guys. Like they don't have any of that, but they play really good team defense. They communicate, and uh, Lithuania went on a little run in the fourth quarter against them. Yeah, they can hit their threes. They, you know, they switch. Um, and then, yeah, the, you know, it got late. We mentioned a while ago, but 
you know, Dragic hit that huge, huge three on the left-hand side, or right-hand side, right wing there. Went over to the bench, did the whole fist pump in the air. The, you know, everybody's going nuts. That's kind of, I felt like it was kind of over at that point, but they, I think it only made it like a five-point game. Um, you know, they had a five-point lead, and then they just kind of Yeah, there, there was that. that run where, um, there was that, it was like about the five-minute mark where uh, Lithuania was up by five, and then it was like Luca would, would incredible pass, Luca off of double drag. Toby dives. He hits Toby. Luca drives. Hand off under the rim to Toby. Luca drive. Kick to Toby. Swing to Dragic. That three that you said, like it was just all working because of Luca's passing. And that's that was really my big takeaway is that if Luca's shot's not going, he has the other option, and that's what makes an incredible player. That's what that's what takes you from one level where you're like, well, Colin Sexton or somebody that just got, got traded the Jazz, where you're like a great scorer, but you have to take that next level where you have to add something else to your game, and Luca just has it. Um, and then, yeah, the two minutes left. Sabonis face up against Luca and elbowed him right in the right in the nose. I think they. Re- and then he complained about it, Mike. I think they reviewed it for like ten minutes. <laughs> it took forever. Yeah. Um. So now Slovenia moves on, or they they continue on in this, and they'll play uh, Hungary on Saturday. So that's uh that game we'll watch out for, and then they play Bosnia uh, on uh, on Sunday. So we'll we'll cover both of those games on our Monday episode. Yeah, Hungary should be an easy one. Um. You know, Bosnia beat them, you know, yesterday. Bosnia obviously has Nurkic. Um, both of those, you don't want to, you know, say it right now, but both of those should be easier wins for Slovenia. We hope so. We hope so. So we'll be covering those games on Monday show, but let's talk about this Donovan Mitchell trade. So woo, hours after the, the Slovenia game, we're sitting there. I was, I was like downstairs in my house, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Let's go to the computer and let's start. <laughs> let's go back. Uh, Donovan Mitchell traded to the um, traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Colin Sexton, Larry Markin, and OJ Ogbaji, who was their lottery, the Cavs lottery pick this past year. Three unprotected picks, couple of swaps, and now Donovan Mitchell goes to the Cavs to team up with Darius Garland to team up with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and the Jazz. Our boss's team, the Jazz, are they're the worst team in the NBA. If after they trade Conley and Bogdanovich and Clarkson, which we think they're going to do, that that team is uh, so bad. I don't know, man. San Antonio's tough. At least you have like Keldon Johnson, who is you know. <laughs> well, Utah still has like some vets right now, so they have Sexton, they have Beasley, they have Larry. Sexton's Markinen. better than anybody on the Spurs, right? Well, we, have like to see. He's come, we have to see he's coming back from injury. Like he's a better scorer, but he's not defending <clears throat> anybody. At least Kelton Johnson's two way. What sent the Jazz into a rebuild? Luca or the rebrand? The Dallas Mavericks absolutely sent the Jazz into their full rebuild. They 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 took this team, they dismantled this team, and now this team will if they once they trade Conley and Bogdanovich and Clarkson will be a shell of itself that it, that it was last year. Shout out to their new colors. They have some new players to <laughs> play in their new jerseys. But you know, here's my thing about the one. I was I was shocked. You know, I, I was I thought the Mitchell thing was going to be in New York, hands down, but. I'm glad that he went to the East. Sure. Like get as many players as we can to the East as far as good players. I, I think my biggest takeaway real quick was 
I'm glad that Cleveland did it. Like, I mm. love the fact that we saw a small market, just like Minnesota did in a way, yeah. say, let's go for it. Let's swing for it. Why not and a small, Yeah, and a small market who said, we don't give a crap where you want to go. Like, how many times yeah. did we hear on all these national podcasts over the past two months, it feels like, yeah, but would Donovan want to go there? Like, wherever, Charlotte, Cleveland, like a different team other than New York. And Cleveland says, we don't give a crap. We're going to make the trade. You're under contract for three years. We're going to swing for it because we, we're not getting free agents. They've drafted well. They've made some good trades. They took advantage of the whole like Brooklyn situation, Jared Allen, all that. Like They've made some really good moves for them to swing and make this type of trade. And I just think it was a great move from Cleveland and saying, let's do it. Why not? Like I know you can break down the fit between him and Garland, but... You don't get the opportunities to just get star players in your building and you have the opportunity. They did it. And I just love when a small market swings for it. Yeah, you can work on fit later a little bit. And I think I think I would have had the same sort of thing with if the Knicks ended up doing this move. But um, but Donovan Mitchell seems to be excited about it, according to uh, according to our guy, our guy, Brian Windhorst. I mean, he doesn't really have a choice, really. Uh, though. But according I mean, to him, he was like jumping up and down and excited and, and like screaming like that. He was he was so excited. And then he then Donovan Mitchell tweeted yeah. out this picture, this really old picture of him in a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey, like a LeBron uh, jersey. Oh, uh, and, and he, he tweeted that uh, he tweeted that and the picture of Windhorse going like this. I think we've reached this stage, though, that where every kid has ha- has a picture of all kinds of jerseys because now it's happening with like any young, any young player. We'll post a picture of the younger self in that jersey. I'm like, all right, <laughs> it's happening too much now. Coming up, what kind of ripple effects could this have on the Dallas Mavericks? Could they get in on any of these guys, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, um, or Conley? Let us know in the comment section which one you'd rather have. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, the, the uh, Utah Jazz traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and now the Eastern Conference is is like bulking up. <laughs> Ooh. That team's getting better. The Knicks got better over the offseason. You, you just have a bunch of teams. Did they? they had a Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, though, I think I'm going to dress my son in all 30 jerseys and just, just take these <laughs> random pictures of him around the house and then just keep them all. And it, of the slight chance they become something in the NBA world one day. Just in case there's a chance that he... Because uh... <laughs> I look... He was always a Lakers fan, you know. You should like, do it every NBA, every MLB, every every NFL, like <laughs> every college. Like if he transfers, like I always, yep. I always wanted to go to Michigan State. Northwestern, really? here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what kind of ripple effects could this have? So obviously the Jazz, like they stink now. They're out of the picture. We were we were toying with it after they traded Rudy Gobert. We thought they would trade Donovan Mitchell. I haven't really considered them in the playoff picture at all. But they're out now. Yeah. Like they're just completely gone. And so that takes a whole pseudo contender slash at least just a you know a playoff team out of the mix yeah they're done done i mean <laughs> once they traded gobert for nothing you know nothing like for this season let's be honest once spencer dinwiddie dunked on Grudy gobert the way that he did yeah, they were done it was it was over then <laughs> um but no i mean they're obviously moving towards the rebuild we all we all know that with the getting all the you know first round draft picks and stuff um I, I mean, yeah, you, you naturally say, all right, who's the next vet to go? They, you know, they went first with Pat, Patrick Beverly and stuff. And who's the, who's the next out of the next three? I mean, I guess you could lump Malik Beasley into that if you wanted to, but I mean, he, he seems like a guy. He's 26. Like would, they could keep him if they want to, but 
I know. It's like I would keep them if if I was them. And it's like, why do they? Why do they have to trade the vets? They technically don't have to. No. You could take them into the season. And realistically, if you took them to the trade deadline, you could probably get a first round pick at the trade deadline for you know one or one or two of these guys, they maybe might. all three. They might uh, probably probably not Conley, but when you look at the vets now, it's like why do you trade them now? Because you also have this first time head coach and Will Hardy of like, all right, just give him like you're gonna suck. Just give him a roster full of young dudes. Don't drag in the you know three or four having a couple is one thing but having three or four of these vets on your team that's like all right we all know we're not going to be here and all of that so just go ahead and trade them i mean it's easy for us to say just go ahead and trade them but uh <laughs> i know i would take uh i would take uh somebody in dallas i think i would take all three of them <laughs> honestly like i think yeah there's a case to be made for all three of those guys which makes it a good question which is why you should comment down below which one you'd want <laughs> but like you said the cost is going to matter Clarkson has two years left on his deal. He's making about 14, so he makes less than the other two. So that that maybe factors into it. But he probably has more value than than Conley does. Conley's making 22 million. He has a non-guaranteed of 24 million in the next year. But he doesn't have as much he doesn't have as much value right now. So I don't know if the Mavericks would have to send out a whole lot to go get him. But you'd have to also give the Jazz something that they want. And so they could do an OKC type situation where they just keep these guys and trade them like they did for Al Horford and, and Kemba Walker and whoever else they've traded. Um, I think even Woj tweeted out uh, they'll have an OKC-esque amount of like picks or they'll take these guys. What was the wording that he used on that tweet? I found that really... Yeah, he said okay, OKC-esque. I found that really interesting. Yeah, though, Utah Utah still has coveted veteran trade assets, including Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Conley, though approaching Oklahoma City-esque Hall of Draft assets once they're done dealing. So to me, that says that the, the... the Jazz looked at Woj and were like, hey, we'll tell you this news. But also, let everybody know that these guys are available for draft capital because that's exactly what we want. Yeah, I thought his tri- his uh, tweet also was kind of a shot at Danny Ainge of like, hey, here's the deal that they turned down from New York that, uh, back in July. That one is so interesting to me. So, wow, uh, I'm doing Lockdown NBA with Adam Morris tonight, so we'll, t- we'll talk about that a lot. But who would, what would you rather have, the deal that they got or R.J. Barrett, O.J. Toppin, uh, Ob- Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, three unprotected firsts. Uh, yeah, for me, that was the Knicks saying, all right, this is going to be a little damage control a little <laughs> exactly, bit. Cause, exactly cause what it put- is. <laughs> because we're putting our name, but we're putting RJ's name into this, but to save our butts with our fan base, this was the deal that they turned down. Okay. We really wanted him. Um, yeah, I would have taken that Knicks deal hundred percent every time. You- so I see on like the Lakers Reddit and you'll, you'll, Roll your eyes at this. Get ready. Oh get, wow! Yeah, get ready, roll your, get ready to roll your eyes in three, two. That uh, they say that there's like a, a a a big market tax for some of these trades where like the Lakers would have to give up more than what another team would have to give up because they're in a big market because these teams don't want to give it. And that the, oh, that the and Knicks fans think that the same thing about the Knicks where they have to give up more in a trade than like look at like look at those two trades. If those are the actual trades, you would rather have the Knicks package than the Cavs package, right? Yes. And it's yeah. it's pretty obvious. And so yeah, I almost if, if that's true, if like all this is true, I kind of believe that. That the that the Jazz just wanted to squeeze the the Knicks up a little bit more. And then obviously the Knicks signed RJ after the Knicks turned that down or after the Jazz turned that down, uh the Knicks signed RJ Bear to that extension and then he couldn't be traded and then it was like, "All right, well, it's not a deal anymore." Yeah. So for Dallas, you know, you're looking at these three guys. You're looking at Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson. We talked a lot about Jordan Clarkson the other day. I think he's the easiest trade 
part about this of, you know, when you get into Mike Conley, Mike Conley has that extra $24 million next year guaranteed. So the other two guys are, you know, basically expiring contracts. So you look at Conley, it's like, could you trade for Conley and not have to give up a first round pick? Right now, probably, but I think what they're going to do is the OKC thing where they let him play a little bit. He maybe looks better. He has a bigger role. He like puts up more numbers, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, a a team realizes they need a point guard. Maybe the Mavs at at a certain point in the year are like, dang, we really are missing that third ball handler, and we really need somebody. They get desperate, and then they give them one. So they're just starting with Colin Sexton. Sure, yeah. All two together. Um, But Jordan Clarkson's the one because he has that player option. He's $13.3 million. There's, there's just a lot of different ways that you could slice this you know, if you're Dallas. But once again, it goes back to the debate that we had on this pod back last week, whenever it was, was would you give up a first round pick to get Jordan Clarkson? No. And I would think about it. You would think about it. You're you're in on it. I'm I'm just still out on it because I I want them to like like save up for a real trade, like for a real star type. Because it's, it's like plugging these holes with some of these guys is not going to fix the problem the Mavs have. And the problem the Mavs have is they don't have a second star. And none of these guys are that. If they can yeah. get one of these guys without giving up a first round pick, sure, go for it. But if they have to, I'm I'm wary of it. I'm, I'm wary of it because Bogdanovich is will probably garner like a first round pick. Oh, some of will 100% give up a first for him. The Mavs just gave up a first round pick for Christian Wood. He was on expiring. Bogdanovich is on an expiring, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you, you look at it and you're like, all right, well. And Bogdanovich is. A, um, but, yeah. I, I think, I mean, you're, right now, if you're Dallas, I mean, you see, you saw a little glimpse of, uh, you know, some people out there are saying, well, some of these teams, they're not waiting. These teams are done. Look at Colin Sexton. Now we know what he was waiting on. Right? Yeah. Like now, now we know what his camp and everybody was waiting on because they knew this was a possibility. He didn't sign his qualifying offer. He didn't maybe, I don't know if there was any other options out there for him, but bam, out of nowhere, he's, he's signing a $72 million deal with Utah and he's getting paid. So te- there are still things that could be just like people have been waiting on like Dallas that, Maybe Dallas was waiting to be a third team in the New York deal that fell through. Yeah. You know, let's let's see what happens now before training camp that, you know, maybe Dallas hops on, you know, one of these Utah guys. Yeah, there was that Woj, um, from what you just said, that Woj report that, you know, the packages that uh, the Knicks were going to do with potentially a third team, those packages would have included two second-round picks, two pick swaps, two expiring contracts from a third team. New York would have moved Evan Fournier in a first-round pick to a third team to spare Utah taking on Fournier's remaining 37 million. So that's when the Mavs could have got in with Dwight Powell and maybe, you know, Maxi or, or Reggie, I guess is what they would have to do uh, as they're expiring to get in on, on that type of deal. Um, so yeah, other things can still happen. And so now, now I think that this domino has fallen. We know the KD thing isn't going to happen. Maybe the, the smaller deals that people are waiting on can now happen. And so we'll see what happens. We'll continue to cover it. We will have it on Locked On Mavs. And then we'll also continue to cover Slovenia with Eurobasket. We'll cover the Hungary game, the Bosnia game, both on our Monday episode. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Go listen to Locked On NBA. Go.